There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. I want to thank Brother Tim for having us on the Daily Doctrine devotional podcast. I'd like to share with you a little something this morning that I believe Christians have ceased from doing or lost the ability to see the importance of it, and that's fasting. Fasting, I believe, is a personal dealing between you and God. Of course, we know it also has health benefits for blood pressure, sugar, diabetes, and such. So God knew there would be benefits to fasting besides answer prayer. Fasting is being willing to deny yourself to get God's attention on whatever's going on in your life. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, not in the hand of God, but under the mighty hand of God. And and fasting is putting yourself under God's mighty hand, being willing. We often become comfortable with being willing as long as it's in our comfort zone. Well, fasting takes us out of that comfort zone. It gets God's attention. Some examples of this fasting is Moses fasted before receiving the commandments in Deuteronomy chapter 9. David was mourning his child's illness in 2 Samuel chapter 12. Ezra fasted while mourning over sin in Ezra chapter 10. Esther fasted for the safety of the Jews in Esther chapter 4. Darius fasted for the safety of Daniel in the lion's den in Daniel chapter 6. Daniel fasted for an answer to prayer in Daniel chapter 10. The church elders in Antioch fasted before sending men out to preach in Acts chapter 13. And Jesus, before the temptation by Satan in Matthew chapter 4, fasted. Jesus teaches us, if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus teaches us a profound lesson uh, when he says this in Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. He says this, he says this in Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, says, how be it this kind? You see, he's very specific. And when we go into fasting, we need to be specific on those things that we are fasting for, okay? And so it says, <clears throat> how be it, this kind goeth out, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. And what is he saying there? He said, there, there are problems. There will be spiritual and life problems too big for us to handle. And Jesus Christ said that prayer and fasting is the victory. In Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 18, uh, it's, it's not a battle of the flesh that we're fighting, but it's a spiritual battle. And when we're in this spiritual conflict, we cannot handle a spiritual conflict with the flesh. We can't handle it being carnal. We have to use spiritual things such as the Bible, prayer, and fasting. I think Jesus Christ and <clears throat> seeing the examples above shows us that fasting was an important part of people's lives from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end. 
And so what are some reasons that we should fast? Fear. Fear is a reason to fast. A fear of what? Fear of whatever's going on in your life. Fear of something that you might be facing. Fear of a decision you might have to make. Whatever that fear is, here it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and starting in verse 3. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, starting in verse 3, and it says, And Jehoshaphat feared. <clears throat> and that, when he feared, he didn't just run and cower. But look what it says he did. It says that when Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. So he got himself ready. He was in a fearful uh, situation and he said, I'm going to seek the Lord. Not only did he say he was going to seek the Lord, but he says that he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So we see here when Joseph had, uh, feared, he didn't just put it away. He didn't just ignore it. No, he went out there and what he did was he proclaimed the fast. He said, I'm going to seek the Lord and I'm going to fast and I'm going to see what answer God will give me. You know, First Peter 5, 7, it says, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. God cares for us, my friend. And you know what? When we fast, it just shows him, shows him that we need a little more attention. That we're a little more serious about this thing that's going on in our life. Here we're seeing it's a fear. A fear of decisions. A fear of life. A fear of something that we're facing. Whatever it may be, we can go to God in prayer. We can go to Him in fasting. Why? He cares for us and He wants us to bring that to Him. Why else would we fast? Well, we fast to show God that we're serious about what's going on in our lives. If you turn to Ezra chapter 8. Ezra chapter 8. We'll read verse 21, and then we'll skip down to verse 23. But in Ezra chapter 8, this is what it says in Ezra chapter 8. He says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him. What is he seeking of him? Why are they afflicting themselves? To show God their seriousness. For what? A way for us. They want to know the right way for them. They want to know which way they should be going. They want to know if this is the same direction that God has for them. If this is the same way, is this your uh, your will, God, for our life? This is what they wanted to know. It was an important matter to them. And so they fasted and they sought the Lord a right way for us and for our little ones. You see, it was not only for them, but it was for their family, their church family. They wanted to know, Lord, is this the direction? Is this the will for our life? And then it goes on and it says, and for all of our substance. You know, you ever pray and ask God and fast and say, Lord, should we buy this? Is this the house? Is this the car? Is this what we should do? Is this who I should marry? You know, young people going out there and one day, if God brings you a husband or brings you a wife, would you not fast to see who that husband and wife should be? Is that not an important matter to you? Here we see in Ezra that it was an important matter if it was the right way for them. It was the right way for their children. If it was the right way for their substance, shouldn't it be a right way for your husband or wife? I believe so. Look at verse 23. It says, so we fasted and besought our God and he was entreated of us. God heard him in that fast. And God answered their prayer. My friends, I'm telling you, when you get into a fast, when you get into that prayer closet with God and you're fasting, he'll answer those prayers. It may not be right away. And it may not be what you're looking for. It may be another direction or another way or another person. But God will show you. You know, in James chapter 8, verses 4 through 10, it says, draw nigh unto God. That word nigh, we know, means to have nothing in between you and God. It's just you and God. There's nothing there. Well, how do we get there? 
It says if you draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. How do we get there? Cleanse your hands, you sinner. Stop doing those things that are sins against God. And purify your hearts. Why? Because you can't live for God and live for sin. And that's why it says you're double-minded. And look what it says to get rid of this. Be afflicted and to mourn and to weep. And let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. It sounds a lot like somebody who's fasting, somebody who's serious about getting God's attention. My friend, if you want to draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you, you ought to fast. You ought to fast to see what God has for you. You ought to see if there might be something in your life that he's trying to show you, and a fast can show you that. We ought to fast for Israel. <laughs> God still loves the Jewish people. God still loves Israel. And we ought to fast for their salvation. We ought to fast for those things that they face over there. Fast for the nation of Israel. In Nehemiah chapter 1, we see here in 4 through 6, and it says, And it came to pass, when I heard these words, when he heard about what was going on with the uh, Jewish people, when he heard about what was going on in Israel, he said that I sat down and I wept, and I mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven, And I said, I beseech thee, he's begging God, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth the covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Verse six says, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night. For who? For the children of Israel, thy servants. Here's a man who's seen the trouble of Israel. He's seen what was going on and it bothered him and he and it broke his heart. And so he fasted that God would show the attention that God would bless Israel and bring them out of whatever they were fa- facing. My friend, not only should we fast for Israel, but what about the love, lost loved ones that we have or friends or those that we may come in contact with in the world? You know, we're living in the last days. Living in the last days, people are teetering on the edge of hell. You may be the only Jesus they ever see. You know, we we go out there in the flesh and we try to talk to them and deal with them and we handle it wrong. But if we're fasting, we're prayed up, we can go out there and we can handle it totally different. We ought to be fasting for Israel, but also our loved ones and friends and those that are out there in the world. We ought to uh, fast to be used of God to help others. You know, to fast religiously or grudgingly accomplishes nothing. If you're going to give money grudgingly, the Bible says to keep it. God don't need it. Well, what same as with your fasting. If you're going to go in there with the wrong heart fasting, God doesn't need that. God's not going to answer that. And we'll see that here. If you'll turn with me to Isaiah chapter 58, turn to Isaiah chapter 58. And I want to show you here uh, the difference between a religious fast and a fast with a whole heart. Okay, a religious fast, a begrudged fast, and a, a fast with a whole heart. Here, Israel, the, the story is they've just come out of a fast and nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. There's no answer, no nothing. And God points out to them, it's because of your heart. It's because of your attitude towards it. It's because of what you're fasting for. You're not fasting for the will of God. You're not fasting for the things of God. You're fasting for your own self, for strife. And look what he says here in Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 5. And it says, and is this such a fast that I've chosen? A day for, for a man to afflict his soul? There's nothing going on. You're not afflicting your soul. You're not being serious about this fast. You're playing games with it. It says it is, it, it is to uh, to uh, bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. Will thou call this a fast 
and an acceptable day unto the Lord. Your religious fast here isn't going to help. He said, doesn't want a religious fast. He wants a, a true heartfelt fast. Somebody who's coming to God with a serious matter, serious petitions. There's something on their heart. There's something that needs to be done for God's will. And they come to him fasting. And look what he says in verse six. He says, now, is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness. You see, when we start fasting in God's will, when we start fasting God's way, things happen. Things change. Answers come. Prayers come. And he says that that, that that wickedness that's in your life will start going away. That wickedness that's in your family. Maybe family members that get saved and that wickedness would go away. Or somebody who's bothering you at work and when you're fasting for that or at school and you fast for that, their wickedness will stop. He says to undo heavy burdens. Maybe it's your heavy burden. Doing a fast the way God would have you do a fast to undo your heavy burdens, heavy burdens in your family, heavy burdens in your church or whoever, wherever it is. He says that he will he will undo those heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free. My goodness, ought we ought to not today uh, fast for those drug addicts and, and prostitutes and, and pimps and all those people that are caught up in crime. Ought we not to fast for that troubled home so that they that those that are oppressed can go free so, so we can go out there and tell them about the hope of Jesus Christ, that hope that lieth within you to go out there and share and that you break the every yoke. And verse seven says this, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry and that thou shalt bring of the poor that are cast out of thy house. When thou seest it naked, thou cover him. When thou uh, hide not thyself from the flesh, then, he says, then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thine hell shall spring forth speedily and the righteousness that uh, shall go before thee and the glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. And look what it says. Then thou shalt call and the Lord shall answer and thou shalt cry and he shall say, here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke and putting forth of the finger and the speaking of vanity. If thou draw out thy soul to the hunger and satisfy the afflicted soul, then <clears throat> shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness shall be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make thy uh, fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a water watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt rise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the paths to dwell in. You see, when we fast according to the will of God to help others, when we fast to see if what we're, how we're living or if our ministry is doing right, when we fast in these things, God tells us that we can be a restorer of the breach. We can be a repairer of the breach, the restorer of the past to dwell and to show people how to walk, to fix these things up that have been destroyed. But it's going to take a fasting, my friend, not a religious fasting, a relationship fasting, a fasting for God's will to be done <clears throat> in our lives. We should fast because we have <clears throat> possibly turned from God and to our sins. Job chapter 2, verse 12 and 13 says, therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me, that means repent, with all of your heart, with all of your heart, not just when you feel bad, not just when things are going wrong, but even in that time, you still, you know, when things get better in our life, God showed us something and it hurts us and things get better in our life. That doesn't mean that we don't have to repent from that thing. I mean, we should still repent from it. A lot of people, when they, things start becoming better in their life, they forget that repentance is important to them. 
It says, with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments. God's not worried about you changing those outward things. He's worried about looking on that heart and changing that. My friend, sometimes it's going to take a fast for that to change in your life. And it says, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. When we fast because we have sin in our life and turned our back on God, he says, if we'll come to him and we'll fast with weeping and we we'll come to him with all of our heart, that he'll take care of those things. When you're being wronged by others, we ought to fast. Psalm chapter 35, verses 12 through 14 says, and they rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. He said, when, when my en- enemies became sick, he goes, I became sick like them. He says, I humbled my soul with fasting. When his enemies were doing him wrong, he humbled his soul with fasting, not for himself, but for his enemies. And it says, and my prayer returned into my own bosom. And I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. He fasted in the humbleness of his spirit for his enemies. He fasted for them. And God help us that when we're being wronged by others, that we'll go into a fast and not take revenge. We ought to fast for our pastors and evangelists, Sunday school teachers and servants of the church and our missionaries. Acts chapter 13 says this in verse two, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. In verse three, it says, and when they had fasted and prayed, and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. My friends, we need to be fasting for the men of God. We ought to be fasting for those that have been sent out. We ought to fast while they're out there. We ought to fast for those ones that are up and coming that have been called to preach. Fasting has become something that has become a byword. I always make a joke and say, you know, there's a four-letter word in the Bible that's a curse word to churches today, and that's fast, F-A-S-T. Because nobody sees the importance of it. And here, I've just taken a few examples on how we should fast and why we should fast and the importance of fasting. My friend, the Bible says, don't be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We ought to be fasting. We ought to get back into it. And I believe that we'll start seeing answers in our churches and answers in our lives and answers in our families if we'll get back to this thing of fasting, if we'll get back to this thing in prayer, if we'll get back into the seriousness of walking with God. And I'm not talking about doing this in a religious sense. I'm talking about doing it for the power of God to rest on your life. My friend, I pray that this would be a help to you. I pray that there would be a blessing to you. Have a wonderful day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 
1-800-227-1706. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.